This is Larry Fessenden. And this is Glenn McQuaid. And you're listening to Tales from Beyond the Pale. The podcast. Greetings, audiophiles. I'm glad you decided to join me on this little journey. I hope you'll take a deep breath now. A deep breath. And just relax and listen with me. Because wherever you think you are, maybe you're settled in your favorite chair. Maybe you're at the beach. Shark! Or nursing a beast of a hangover. Or surfing the web. Perhaps you're wrapping a present. Or burying the hatchet with an old friend. Wherever you thought you were, well, look again, listener. For you have crossed over. You are no longer where you thought you were. You are now beyond the pain. Greetings, listener, and welcome to a very, very special episode of Tales from Beyond the Pale. You see, it's our final of the season, and it's a goodie. Comes all the way from Devon in Great Britain. Some of you may know Great Britain from such movies as The Horror of Dracula and The Plague of the Zombies, and it's with those Anglo classics in mind that Ashley Thorpe delivers The Demon Huntsman. Ashley's fog-drenched tale arrived to me in the middle of the night by a courier on horseback, hand-delivered in a parchment-bound envelope with a beautiful wax seal. Now, on the seal, there seems to be some kind of a crest, a C-A-P-L-E, capel. How very interesting. Well, let's get to it, shall we? Oh, look at this. What a beautiful hand-scripted journal. Why, the very pages are alive with gothic swirls and serifs. Well now, listener, you keep doing what you're doing and let Ashley Thorpe take you to a place shrouded in mist and family secrets, a place firmly rooted beyond the pale. The Demon Huntsman. England, that green putrescent land, that spectered isle, and no place more haunted than Dartmoor. They call it God's country, but a cursory glance at a handful of place names in that desolate realm speak of another landlord. The Devil's Bridge, the Devil's Cauldron, evil, it seems, is busy upon the moor. A storm is gathering as a coach and horses cut a path across the moor. Having received news of his uncle's death, the disgraced Lord Capel is returning to his ancestral home with his young son, Edward. Any experiment of any worth is done so at one's own expense. But winning is everything, Edward. Don't let anyone tell you that it is not. Father, in London they called us liars and thieves. Is that why we're running? If we are fugitives, it is from fantasy, not fact. That, Edward, is jealousy. You must learn to expect it. It is our burden. There will always be those who will despise anyone who savors a happiness that they do not. There are winners in life, and there are losers. 
Those who will risk cutting cards with the devil, and those who will not. Pay them no mind. They say we cheated our inheritance. When a man cheats, he murders a part of the world. But to want something, and to use all his God-given faculties to get it, that is no sin, child. Forget this nonsense. This is all behind us now. Life is a beautiful game, the purpose of which is to win. You can try to change the rules, but the game remains the same. Regardless, all this now, this is ours. Listen, you are my greatest prize, my son. Father, what's that? Hmm? There, running against the horizon. Extraordinary. What an extraordinary creature. It's the most magnificent stag I've ever seen. It's an omen. Even the moor itself acknowledges our right to be here. Driver, stop the coach. Stop, sir. Portman? Sir. Yes, sir. You see there, between the tours. I, I don't follow, sir. There, you see it now? Lit by all of heaven's fire. The stag. Yes, the stag. I want it. Follow it. And the moment you get a clear shot, bring it down and bring it back. A clear shot, mind. I won't have that magnificent animal ruined. But the storm, you can't let them go. The storm will add a little incentive. Time is indeed against you, gentlemen. Now go, before you lose him. By hook or by crook, they will. Twenty guineas. <laughs> Driver, continue. This is lunacy. This sunshine is employment. Oh, no. Bloody hell. Could this possibly get any worse? Shut it. Oh, there it is. Then take your shot and let's go home. Come on, look at him. Posing against the moon like a bloody king on a coin. Shoot him. <laughs> you got him. Oh, I got him all right, but he's bolting. Come on. This way. We're never going to track for blood in this fog. Uh, he, he's wounded. We'll run him down. What was that? Well, it weren't no bleeding stag. Sod this. We should head back. Capel will have our bloody hides. This fog's getting thicker. Mother Mary. You know what's happening, don't you? What? We've been pixie-led. I beg your pardon? Pixie lad. That's what happens in these parts. Pixies, you know. They bewitch you, lead you into the fog, then leave you to get lost or worse. But I'm a bloody fool. Here, hold my rifle. What are you doing? I'm pulling my pockets out. Keep the bastards away. Forewarned is forearmed, my friend. And I urge you to do the same. The fog will break in no time. Great. I'm lost on the moor with an idiot. Fine. When I return home, alone, I'll explain it all to your wife. No, I'll tell you what. 
I'll hold on to the rifles and you can protect us with your empty pockets. Did you hear that? Oh, I heard that. It's dogs! It's the blood! They've been drawn by the blood! I say we head back. Back where? Anywhere, just not here. We follow the blood back towards Slough Bridge and the road. To hell with Cable, come on! Just wait there. Uh, I'll try and find a way down. Oh, we're on the Jewiston. God, he's halfway down the gorge. It's so steep. Uh, Barney, just hold still. They, they can smell your fear, you know. Yeah, they'd be smelling more than that if I don't get me out of here. Jesus Christ. Barney, uh, keep still. You'll alert them. I hear a rider. Just hold on, just still. Sir, I beg your assistance. My friend, he, he's fallen from the rock and lies within the gorge. Sir? Sir, I beg you, hold! Ah! Oh God, oh God, it's the huntsman. How I walk in the shadow of the valley of death. I will fear no evil. My rod and staff will come. The master's home. Oh, heaven help us. Don't start, woman. Welcome, Lord Capel. Welcome to Brook Manor. You travelled alone, sir? The driveway's a bloody swamp. Gurney, yes? I saw something quite extraordinary on the moor. The most incredible stag running with the lightning. I dispatched my footman to chase it. Sir? Well? Are my son and I to stand here, freezing to death? No, of course not. Margaret, fetch some brandy. And a platter. I understand your brash nature was the reason for my uncle gaining you employment. It can also be the reason for your dismissal. I can see that the absence of a lord has left this house a little wanting in the hospitality department, Edward. I'd also like a little cheese. Take it through to the drawing room, would you? I wish to sit beside the fire. I take it we have the ability to make fire here? Certainly, your lordship. Thank you. Poor boy. He's hardly poor, is he? Not anymore. Once a capel, always a capel. He's a bloody wreck. Yes, King and Jack. There you are, son. Have a tot of that. I think I'd rather not. Come along. A little brandy, a little food, perhaps a game of cards. Mother didn't approve. Of what? Your mother didn't approve of a great many things. 
But what did her holy abstinence ultimately achieve, hmm? All she knew of life came from me and my occasional excesses. Her guilt adding spice to otherwise unremarkable vices. Tell me, what is the purpose of being exalted in death if you've been little more than a phantom in life? You'll come to find that much of what we admire comes from things we initially observe to be evil or wrong. Come. Ah, marvelous. Set her down there. Margaret, what can you tell me of my uncle? You see, I've heard so little from him over the years. You could almost say I barely knew him. Careful. You know, it's extraordinary. That's the exact response I've received every time his name is uttered. Why is that, hmm? Was he a feared man? Not many grieved his passing. <laughs> My word, you are brazen. You intrigue me. Do go on. I think I've said enough, sir. Not unless you'd like to spend the night on the moor, you haven't. If I'm to adopt a crest, is it unreasonable at least to know its reputation? He was a violent and powerful squire who enjoyed his unenviable reputation as a persecutor of village maidens. Take a seat. His favourites he'd keep under lock and key across the valley at Hawson. On occasion he'd release them, but only to set out with his hounds and hunt them across the moor as sport, driving them to exhaustion. And when they fell, his hounds would set upon them. I... I think I'll go to bed. Well, you should stay. Please. Here, the provincial myths we must dispel with our universal reason. His end was unpleasant. As he lay dying, there came a terrible storm, and upon it came doers' wish towns. Never in the delirious dream of a disordered brain could anything more savage, more hellish be conceived than those dark beasts that broke upon the house from that wall of fog. Their terrible howls, Lord Capel's only company in his final moments. Wished hounds? The devil's hounds. Great black beasts. On stormy nights, you can hear them still, driven by their unearthly master, sweeping down through the rocky valley with the cry of dogs and hooves beating heavy on the hollow hill. Those hounds taunt Lord Richard still. On Midsummer's Eve, the wish towns hunt him as he hunted those maidens across the valley, from horse and to Brook Manor, where he falls tattered and torn upon this very threshold. <laughs> I assume he was buried. On the edge of Buckfastly, the churchyard at the top of the hill, and they buried him deep, deeper than most. Upon his grave, they built an altar tomb with iron bars and a small oak door. Set within this door is a large keyhole. No one knows who possesses the key of this door, but many believe that it is Dewar, the demon huntsman, who will in time come call him for his hunting partner of old. The children of the village play a game there. They climb to the top of the hill, walk 13 times round the tomb, and then dare each other to slip their finger into the keyhole. Why? To feel Lord Capel gnaw upon it. I think I'll go to bed. <laughs> Bravo, old woman. 
You've succeeded in frightening a child with your tales of devils and witches upon the moor. As charming and entertaining as they are, you'll find me a little less susceptible to their charms. The devil has his ways, sir. Sees into men's hearts. Finds what it takes to draw from them their voices, their pride. The devil's always ready to cut cards, always collects his dues, and never short of a lure to draw a man upon the moor. Will you be needing anything else, sir? No. No, that will be all. Good night, sir. Ah. Edward, you gave me such a start. Whatever is the matter, you're trembling all over. Can I? Can I sleep with you? It was that dreadful woman, wasn't it? If it pleases you, I'll have her dismissed at first light. No, no, please don't. She didn't mean any harm. I believe she meant to warn us. I suspect she meant to assert her authority. An old woman stamping her foot. I won't stand for it. It's not that. There's something wrong here. I think this place is cursed. Wherever did you pick up a notion like that? I think the rest of the family knew that that's why they stood down and we were put forward. They knew we had debts. Edward, Edward, calm yourself. We are surrounded by a superstitious people. There's clearly much we must discuss, much we must do. Wait here. Kearney, bring me a light and a musket. If we are to be mocked in the dead of night in our very home, then let me send out a message to all who might dare cross me again. On my mark, draw back the bolt. I'll give them bloody fish towers. Now! Nothing! There's nothing there. A wind, for we are bewitched. Not quite. Look there to the path. A human print and a hoof, one beside the other. A game, is it? Count me in. I trust you all slept terribly. What's for breakfast? Margaret is putting together something now, sir. How is Edward, if you don't mind me asking? He's sleeping. Let him rest. Sleep is nature's bomb. I'm amazed he slept at all. Where are the rest of the servants? I'm afraid they left this morning. Left? Or stay or go? It makes no difference to me, I assure you. Good riddance. There's no place in this house for staff who are easily riled by pranks and superstitions. Good morning. Care for a game, Gurney? Bit early for me, sir. Has somebody died? Your footmen have not returned. Then we will set out to find them. I propose a hunt. For that which we expect and all that eludes us. If some mockery is being made in the village, I will crush it and bring the perpetrators to justice. 
If there is some mystery that haunts this property, then we will solve it. But I tell you this, I will not remain slave to these superstitions, and I will not return home without that stag. Its head will hang over the hearth as a warning to any that dare to cut cards with me. Gather a hunting party, Gurney, the best you can. We will not be returning home empty-handed. Are you content now, woman? I thought the curse had abated, but it has risen again, hungry, angry. Spare me your nonsense. I haven't had enough sleep to endure it this morning. This is a godless house. It always has been, and it will remain so until a God-fearing man comes here, or it is torn down. Margaret, the only curse on Brook Manor is that it is surrounded by people who believe anything their grandmothers tell them. I hear they drink vinegar. In mockery of the crucifixion, no doubt. You don't talk some rubbish. Besides, to be pale is the fashion in London. Neither of them have been baptised. And you've seen how he carries his cards everywhere. Remember wild young Jan in Whitcomb? A man addicted to gambling even took his cards to church. Another bloody old wives' tale. Still clutching them as the devil carried him off screaming. That was lightning. It struck the tower during evensong. Now part of the roof came down, injured about 50 people. Jan just happened to be the one struck by timber. That weren't no lightning. Dashed him against a pillar so hard his skull opened like a nut and his brains fell whole into the pew behind him. There's no winning with you, is there? My concern now is getting those two lads back. Mark my words, Gurney. He may think he's Ice King and Jack, but if Lord Capel sets out upon the moor after that stag... It'll be the end of them. I want fresh flints in all those locks, gentlemen. Fine day for chasing demons, don't you think, Gurney? That fog coming in across the moor isn't going to help our search, though, no, sir. There's nothing to fear in the fog. Well, bar a clumsy shot from one of our own party, perhaps. No disrespect to you, sir. But the dangers of the moor are plentiful. We may have civilized the outskirts of the moor, but for all our wants, for all our faith, it still is a wilderness out there, sir. There are many who have been caught off guard by its sudden changes of weather, stumbled from a cliff or wandered into a bog. I don't hold out much hope for those footmen. Most of those who get lost out there are never found. Their bodies left to moulder, the winds picking at their bones in whispers. If all the unclaimed bodies scattered in their shallow graves rose from the moor, the dead would outnumber the living. Terror has an irresistible beauty, my friend. No point running from your fears. We must chase them down. That you would follow me on this day says something about you. And perhaps something about me, yes? Come. Let's motivate this bloody rabble. Time is against us. Father! Father! Wait, you mustn't go! No, no, let him through. I'm afraid. I can't go. Listen to me. Look at the moor! It's like a terrifying sea. Tours like tombs. Listen. There are no ghosts in daylight, Edward. This is something I have to do. I will not allow anyone to do with us as they please. If I believed our lives to be in true jeopardy, then I would flee this place together this very morn, my son. 
Believe me, I would not take that risk. I truly did not know how empty my soul was until it was filled by you. No more wages. I don't want you to die, Father. We have nothing to fear, gentlemen. This so-called devil is just another hurdle that must be negotiated. Besides, with so much capable blood already spilt upon this moor, why, I almost consider it a relation. And what of the rest of you? Do you also bear the eye of childhood? Does this God-fearing community believe that the devil rides the moor this day? We are not afraid. We serve the Lord. He is our protection. Then let him be your protection now. The man who brings me the stag will receive 20 guineas. Every man is afraid of the devil, but there comes a time when courage must outweigh fear. If there is a devil upon this moor, then we shall ride him back to hell. Jenny! Jenny! We've been out here for hours now. One side of the Plim Valley to the other in nothing. Men are becoming restless. You can't expect them to continue with this bloody-minded madness. Look at him out there. Sat like a bloody general. Would be easy, wouldn't it? Out here, the middle of the moor, the midst of a fog to put a shot in the back of his head. Then the bloodline. Journey! Come! Hand me my telescope, boy. There, Gurney. That outcrop rising above the fog, what is it? That's the highest cliff of the Jorstone. The Devil's Rock, they call it. The Devil's Rock, you say? The legend tells of a demonic hunter, Jor, the Devil himself, accompanied by a fearsome pack of dogs. The Whist Hounds? Yes, he would hunt those lost on the moor and drive them to their deaths from that very rock. Such tales are common in this region. And these legends of horned hunters are old, far older than the churches that line the valley. Your knowledge is beyond question, but please do not regale me with further witchcraft. Come, gather the men. Let us ride to the cliff. Send the dogs and their handlers below. We head for Jorstone. There are many tracks here. Plentiful tracks, indeed. Horse, man. What's this? A cloven hoof. Stag? I couldn't say. Last night's prankster? I couldn't say. Surely you can deduce. I can see what it is, but I cannot say what made it. The patterns are irregular. See how some horse prints gather and stop, and here beside them a single human print beside a single cloven. Like a rider dismounting. Are you suggesting that this is proof of your huntsman? I'm saying nothing. Just what I see. Tracks. And blood. Lord Cable, I think we found one of them. Pink, you've either found a man or you haven't. So little left of him. His throat. It's been torn apart. Mother of God. One, you say? Not two? Barely one. Definitely not two. And animals. There's tracks everywhere. We've got to get out of here. You'll do nothing of the sort. Call yourself a Christian, sir. 
I thought the vows of the faithful make all of hell tremble. Yet look at you, how all of your vows pale before my own. Take what's left of him back to the village for burial. In which direction do the tracks appear to lead, Gurney? The clearest tracks lead east. Then east is where we are going. We will not turn back, gentlemen. If we head any deeper into the moor, we may not make it back. If there is a chance that the footman is alive, then we must go on. We have to go on. We're losing the tracks. They divide now. North and east. East towards Buckfastley and north... North to Whitsman's Wood. What on earth? One of ours? No, not one of ours. It's the Huntsman! Huntsman nonsense! Look! There! You see it! It is the stag running east. It is the bellow of the beast that you hear. You cannot follow it. What of your man? You forget yourself, sir. I can and I will. But we ought to be destroyed then. If you believe in your curses, then believe in mine. You will die in this company. I am a capable, so let us all be destroyed. You are vain to believe that your tragedy means ours. I am done with the past. I fear it is not done with you, sir. You bloody fool. I am not a man to lock antlers with. Out of my way, or I shall run you down. Your family destroys everything it touches. I was born to this name. And you are ideally suited to it and everything it stands for. Pain, horror, madness. Your courage lacks conviction. And what of your son? What love can you offer it? Mary, Mother of Christ, look to the quest! It's the devil himself! Yes, my name bears a catalogue of horrors. But I will author my own life, be it through virtue or vice. Atrocity is as human as art or prayer, and horror, the beginning and end of all things. There is only one Lord in this land. May the Lord have mercy on your soul, Cable! May the Lord have mercy! Whoa! Steady! Oh boy! He has a fear of God in him. He won't move. Look! Look at his eyes! I've never seen an animal so frightened. Perhaps it's better that you wait here with the horse. The ground's pretty treacherous. I'll search further into the woods. See if I can find any trace of the footman. Can I ask you something, Gurney? Aye? Would you have shot the Lord if you'd had the chance? I had the chance! He's gonna take all of us down with him, isn't he? Hello? I've come to help you. Bring you home. Ah! 
I have you now. So you run to the church upon the hill. You'll find no sanctuary there. Test me any way you see fit. I will not fall. Ah, the graveyard. Oh, how apt. Ha! Ha! Damn this animal. So many graves. Barely maneuver between them. Come on. Move, you fucking mare! Burn my horse. Felt by a tomb. Must get to that mausoleum. Take shelter. So, where have we fallen? Lord Capel's tomb. How poetic. I fall prostrate upon Lord Richard's final threshold, and he is told to fall in bloody tatters upon mine. <laughs> and there, there, just like the old woman said, a small oak door with a large keyhole. Do I dare, I wonder, to press my finger within a final nature? I think not. So, this is the final resting place of pride. Squatting at a grave. So... Sir, I beseech you, what sport have you enjoyed this day? For I, myself, have had none. Do you know of me, sir? No introductions are necessary. That sack. Did you catch the beast? I see you bear antlers. I have to ask. Did it fall from my shot? Thirteen times around the hill it fell. I rescued it from my hounds. But it is without question your guilt, sir. For me? You honor me, sir. You are a gentleman. And you will be rewarded. I'll show them. I'll blood the entire village. Oh, God. God, no. Edward. My boy. My darling boy. No. No. No! 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 
so it is, listener. We come to the end of season one of Tales from Beyond the Pale. We really do hope you've enjoyed all our tales here at Pale HQ. We know we've enjoyed telling them. And we want to thank you, listener, for staying tuned to our little audio excursion. It's heartwarming to know there is still an audience out there for original storytelling. Visit us at talesfrombeyondthepale.com for continued news and updates. Until next time, listener, this is Fessenden, signing off. You have just listened to The Demon Huntsman, written by Ashley Torp. Directed by Glenn McQuaid and produced by Larry Fessenden, Glenn McQuaid and Lisa Wisely. Featuring the voice talents of Michael Cerverus, Aidan Redmond, Catherine O'Sullivan, Owen Campbell, Stephen Parrish, Joel Garland, Larry Fessenden and Glenn McQuaid. Original score and theme music by Jeff Grace. Sound supervisor, Tom Effinger. Re-recording mixer, Eric Gittleson. Sound design by John O'Rourke. VO and Foley recordist, Michael Bogdan. Foley artist, Joe Troya. Digit in-house producer, Alicia Loving. Audio post facility, Digit Audio Inc. Copyright, Glass Eye Picks, 2010. When a plastic surgeon obsessed with creating the perfect form falls for a patient obsessed with becoming it, the two get lost. The Conformation by Paul Solid, not for the squeamish. Only on Tales from Beyond the Pale, the podcast. <laughs>